Happy Labor Day, all of our listeners out there. Episode 37 of the Big Gold Belt Podcast is live and in effect. Uh, We're all off on our Labor Day, so what better thing to do than to talk wrestling before we watch three hours of wrestling tonight on Monday Night Raw. This is Aaron here, joined by Mr. Silly Sellis, a.k.a. Sellis. How's your Labor Day? Oh, Labor Day's been very restful. I'm loving it. How about yours? I'm good, man. We drove back from the in-laws this afternoon. I was doing a little bit of yard work and just kind of chilling, man. It's been a good day. Um, Dr. M, how are things? Um, things are okay. I am uh, laboring on Labor Day, but also, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, keeping track of the U.S. Open. So, so Venus and much. Venus and Serena play tomorrow, correct? Yes, they do. Gosh, you we haven't seen you on the podcast in a while. You've been laboring too much, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's busy season. Oh for boy, me, so. <laughs> we got Mister Two Chains here. He'd been laboring himself. He was out on a run before the podcast. How you feeling? Good, good. Just wanted to get out and enjoy the weather a little bit, but at the same time, take it easy. Enjoy these days off, you know? Has it been crazy hot out on the East Coast like it has been here in the Midwest? Yes. yes. It's, it's probably not the same. Uh, you know, it's so humid here, so it's always like, whatever it is, it appears to be 10 degrees hotter, but it, it, it's only been like 80-something. Yeah, it's definitely been feeling like 100. That's what <laughs> it's like here too, man. It's been like super wet and sticky, but it's supposed to dissipate this week, hopefully. Um, yeah. Well, we watched a lot of wrestling this weekend, uh, specifically myself and Two Chains. On Saturday, I attended the Global Force Wrestling Show in Clinton, Iowa. And then on Sunday, Two Chains attended a WWE house show. It was the uh, the John Cena tour. And that was in Virginia? Yeah, Fairfax. Fairfax. So we're just going to kind of run down our experiences. Dr. M and Sellis, you guys can kind of ask questions and give comments and so forth as we tell about our experiences and then we'll kind of wrap up today with a little bit of talk on you know maybe some fantasy booking on about what they're going to do with seth rollins and his two titles moving into night of champions but we'll start with global force um i should i think i mentioned this on the last episode but we had vip access because my dad is a photographer for the team that um was hosting the event on saturday it was the third date of a three-date global force uh run of shows in iowa so I want to give a shout out first and foremost to the Clinton Lumber Kings organization. They treated us nothing but lovely when we were there. They gave us comp food. We were able to kind of cool off in the general manager's office a little bit. So I want to definitely shout those guys out before the podcast. Um, so I, let me let me tell you my experience because I was texting you guys a little bit about kind of the people I was seeing when I got there. So we get there about five. We go into the general manager's office and we get our laminates that we wore on our neck that said VIP and whatever. They gave us tickets so we knew where to sit. And we're just hanging out with Dad and we're standing there and all of a sudden, Hacksaw Jim Duggan walking through the door. Hello. Hello. And he looks over and just gives us a big smile. He's like, oh, well, good afternoon, everybody. I said, hello, Mr. Duggan. It's nice to meet you. He's like, you coming to the, the, the meet and greet? I said, yes, sir. We can't wait. He's like, all right, brother. And then he saw my backpack because I should backtrack her a little bit. So I had seen on Twitter that people were getting their two-by-four signed this weekend. And I was like, well, obviously I need to have that. So I w- we built this planter box in our backyard, and I had a couple pieces of treated pine left in the garage. So I grabbed one and cleaned it off, and he saw it stick on my backpack. And he goes, oh, you brought some wood for me. <laughs> and, I said, and I said, yes, sir, I can't wait for you to sign. And he said, all right, brother. So then we're standing there again, and um, ODB walks through the door next. 
was like, oh, hey, how are you? She says, great. And I had been following her and Mickey James on Twitter this weekend. You guys know about Periscope? You know what that is? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For those of you that don't know, it's basically this like this app you can do live video and people can kind of chime in with comments on like a live feed. And then you can also watch the videos kind of archived after the fact. So they were doing um, live videos, Mickey James and Magnus and Arya Davari and um, ODB from ODB's Airstream Camper. Those like big roundish looking silver campers, kind of trailer looking things. They're pulling it on her big truck. And we saw it parked right out in the parking lot up front by the gate when we got there. I was like, that's awesome. And so I said, how's the Airstream treating you? And we talked about that a little bit and then she left. But what was funny is that my wife never saw Hacksaw Russell in his heyday at all. And she watched Legends House on the network with me. And she saw Hacksaw and she started freaking out. And I thought that was the funniest thing ever. (laughs) Wow, that's awesome. It is. So then they were setting up the tables for all the wrestlers to have the merch out and do the meet and greet. And because we got in before the ticketed crowd, you know, we got in line first thing. And we got to go through the line. And Hacksaw was there. We talked with him for about five minutes. And very nice and i was asking him stuff about you know if he had worked shows around where i live now and he had and he said he said it's very rare for me to go somewhere new that i haven't worked before but i've never been to clinton iowa so this is new for me and i said well he he probably wouldn't have clinton's kind of a smaller community i don't know where they'd even hold a show except a baseball field right um and then next in line was colt cabana and i mentioned on the podcast i've been a huge fan of his for many years and I got my Cult of Personality t-shirt. Nice. And I walked open and I said, oh, I'm finally at uh, cultmerch.table, which that's kind of an inside joke from his show. And he said, no, no, no. And he pointed at his like prices uh, paper on his table and it said cultmerch.baseball. And I said, oh, touche, sir. And so I bought my shirt and I got my picture with him. And that was the nice part about having my dad there photographing the event for the team is that he was able to take you know professional quality pictures of me with a lot of these wrestlers. And so I got to meet Colt Cabana, and um, Sanjay Dutt was next to him. I didn't really talk to him much just because I, I wouldn't know what to say. I haven't followed his career as much. Mm-hmm. We talked with uh, Chris Masters. I got my WrestleMania 22 program signed because he opened that show. It was him and Carlito wrestling mm-hmm. for the tag straps with against a big show and Kane. So I got him to sign my program. I talked to him, and I said, can you believe that match was almost 10 years ago? He said, time flies. You know, it was a long time ago. And he was next to DJ Zima Ion, who I got my picture with, and he was very friendly. Um, My dad was talking to him a little bit later in the night, and I guess DJ Z lives in the Chicago area, but he's originally out from the East Coast, like Pittsburgh or something. And then we talked with ODB for several minutes. We bought a bottle of her um, ODB hot sauce, her whiskey hot sauce. Got the bottle autographed. Yeah, we got a nice picture with her. My wife was a big fan. Of her, she was nothing but nice. Exactly what you would think she would be like. Like the same as TV, super funny. And then the last table was uh, Mickey James and Magnus, and they had their son with them in the stroller there. Nice. And we must have talked with Mickey for like five to seven minutes. We talked about her WrestleMania 22 match against Trish Stratus, which is, mm-hmm. in my opinion, the last great Divas Mania match that they've had since then. Like I can't, I can't think of a good one since then. That was given time. Maybe we'll kind of break that streak at WrestleMania 32 next year. And then, um, so we talked with her for a while. My wife ended up buying one of her shirts because my wife's favorite color is purple. And she had a purple Mickey James shirt, which she signed for. um, Took pictures and stuff. And then we just kind of hung out um, around the meet and greet and watched everyone go through. And dad was taking pictures for the ball club and stuff. And 
um, got some food. And while we were waiting around, we had noticed this uh, documentary crew with these like kind of guerrilla style documentary cameras and a microphone. And they were interviewing Cabana and Magnus and stuff. And I said, Dad, who are those guys? And he said, I don't know. Let's go talk to them. So these guys are based out of Nebraska. They work with uh, Magnum Pro Wrestling uh, mm-hmm. near the Omaha area. And they were telling us, we introduced ourselves, and I told them we had a podcast. And they said, oh, that's cool. We're filming a documentary over the next – we started at WrestleMania 31. We're going to finish it at WrestleMania 32. And it's about uh, wrestling marks, like kind of what wrestling fans are like, why people watch it so forth and so forth and later in the night when we were waiting for the show to start they talked to us a little bit more one of the the guys filming his name's logan he actually is going to graduate from full sail university oh wow very nice. soon where they film nxt he had a lot of fun things to tell me about how nxt is filmed on there which we can maybe get into another time but he was saying that they've uh they spent a lot of time shooting uh sign guy you guys know about sign guy the guy with the jean jacket and the red hat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar guy, um, Noel Foley, and Frank the Clown. Mm-hmm. And um, they said that they're just filming a lot of wrestling fans and filming shows. They were at Access in California this year. And he had a lot of fun things to tell me about how very strict WWE is about getting their people filmed by outside people. Like They had pretty much had a handler with them the entire time at Access. And I guess before they put their documentary out, anything that they shot with WWE, WWE gets to say whether it makes the film or not. They had to sign like a waiver. So we were talking with them, and I helped. Um, they didn't have like it's the kind of credentials my dad had, but they wanted to get on the field. So I ended up kind of talking to the people we knew, and we got them out on the field so they could shoot some of the show for their film. But they interviewed uh, my wife and I at the intermission of the show. We talked to them for about 15 minutes, and so – I may or may not be, I mean, maybe I'll end up on the cutting room floor, but there's a chance I could make it in this documentary, which nice. apparently, and they said they want to, they want to potentially meet back up in Dallas with us when we're down there doing our thing. So you guys might get to meet them too when we're down in Dallas. Um, but they said their plan uh, is to hopefully premiere the film at WrestleCon in 2017, which rumored to be up in Minneapolis. So mm-hmm. we'll kind of have to stay tuned for that. Um, so anyways, after the, the meet and greet kind of wrapped up, we went and watched the show. Um, just a couple of the highlights. Um, DJ Z was a lot of fun to watch. He wrestled Sanjay Dutt in the opener. Um, there was a triple threat match, and one of the local wrestlers from Clinton won the match, and he got to do a thing on the mic at the end. It was really cool. Uh, Mickey James wrestled ODB. There was a lot of raunchiness in that match. <laughs> And my dad was literally right next to the ring. My dad almost got hit on a bunch of outside-the-ring spots a couple times. <laughs> and there was one match. It was the triple threat with the local guys, and um, the one guy came up to my dad and said, get out of the way because they were going to do a spot, and my dad was in the way. <laughs> oh, wow. But he said you could hear him calling the spots, and he said Mickey James and ODB were, like, so raunchy with what they were saying to each other. <laughs> And he was—he told me a couple of things they said, which I'll tell you guys off the air because we're family friendly and it's not appropriate <laughs> on the air. Um, but what was fun was, you know, I'll, none of these matches were really built on feuds per se, but they found a way to work a story in. Like DJ Z's match, he before the match he yells out, and you can hear everything they're saying to each other because it's such a small venue. There's maybe like three, four hundred people there, and DJ Z is like, "Don't touch the hair, and don't touch my headphones." And so the whole the whole match is based around him touching his hair and his headphones. Um, and then the triple threat, there was a guy's name's um, 
too cocky Kevin Matthews. He's from Brooklyn, and he's just yelling and yelling about how Brooklyn's better than Iowa the whole time. And so the crowd was getting on him about that. So then um, we built up to an appearance by Hacksaw. He kind of came out and was talking about his experiences in Iowa. And then Arya Davari comes out, and he's pretty much like uh, Muhammad Hassan's character, if you guys remember that. Where's the turban? He comes out and steals the two by four and talks about how bad America is and walks off with it. And then you find out that Cole Cabana is wrestling Arya Davari in the main event, which, mm-hmm. you know, I'll get back to that. So then there was, um, I think it was Magnus and Chris Masters had their match. And um, Magnus won. And then they had the intermission. And I think Mickey James was signing. And that's when we did the interview. And then after that, we came back and it was a tag team match. Shout out to uh, the Zero Gravity tag team. I think they're from the, the Bloomington area, actually, Dr. M, believe it or not. That's where they were announced as being from. Mm-hmm. And um, they had a nice kind of high flyer match. Then the main event was Cabana versus Arya Davari, and they did like a ref bump spot. It was like kind of a comedy match, and they did a ref bump spot, and then Hacksaw came out and got the two by four back and hit him with it, and Cabana won. The fans went home happy. Um, Jeff Jarrett came out before the main event and just thanked all the fans and the Lumber Kings organization for being so hospitable. And then Jarrett and uh, Hacksaw. You could pay to pose with them with the two by four in the ring at the end of the show. We did, we chose not to do that, but um, I didn't, I mentioning Jeff Jarrett now. Celis, you said you wanted to kind of say something that you had to say about Jeff Jarrett, so I'll let you plug in here. Yeah, um, two things, and it actually has to do with the documentary thing. Before I go about Jeff Jarrett, I do have one quick question. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, maybe the fans want to know too, because I definitely was interested as soon as you brought it up. Can you tell us one thing? Um, that the crews thought uh, what they filmed about NXT or what they said about NXT or how it was filmed. Um, yeah, they, they have like they, one insight of it. Yeah, they themselves, I don't think, had done any filming for the documentary down there. Um, maybe maybe I'm incorrect about that. But the guy who went to Full Sail, I said, so do they let like the college kids kind of intern or like are the college kids running the cameras or the effects? Like just because that's the university, I, it would be cool yeah. to think they would give those guys that experience. He said – Absolutely not. That's all WWE's professional people. However, they do let some of the people that are going to school for like camera work shadow the cameramen. The people that are going to school for lighting, they can shadow the lighting people. So they are getting that experience, which, you know, that's really cool that they can kind of have that partnership. And I asked him if he had been to any NXT tapings. The guy, his name is Logan, that I'm talking about. And he said, not yet, but I'm going to be down there for the November tapings. So I'll definitely have to get back in touch with him. Um, on Twitter or whatever. I have his phone number now too. But uh, it was just cool to kind of hear about that because I never really knew how it worked down there and it was nice to be able right. to talk to him about that. Hmm. Right. Well, here's, here's the second part I wanted to part about documentary. Now, one thing I noticed when you were sending us the pictures, because as you mentioned earlier on the podcast, that you had texted some images and we saw them put on Twitter and thank you for the Twitter fans that liked them. Um, just going back to Jeff Jordan transcending from actually filmmaking, um, it's one thing that I really noticed when Aaron, you were sending us those pictures from the show mm-hmm. and when it was Jeff Jarrett speaking and it, it just hit me and I was like, man, this guy has been transcending through many wrestling promotions. I mean, going back to WWF, WCW, I mean, he was one of the leading founder, founding fathers of TNA and now with Global Force Wrestling. I was like, Jeff Jarrett, he is really, in my opinion, and I hope he's not underappreciated about wrestling history because literally... He has taken his own talents and tried to be, in a way, the next Vince McMahon or the next, you know, Triple H and what he's doing for WWE 
and really trying to make wrestling come to areas that are like low, I mean, small towns and still put on a great venue for appreciative fans just to love the art of wrestling. Like when you just describe, you know, a Clinton, Iowa, it kind of reminds me of how the Bowie Bay Sox Stadium is right out here in the D.C. area of Bowie, Maryland, if anybody's familiar with that. And I know TNA has come here several times to do several type small shows in a baseball type park where it just gifts to the fans and like a small town area, just, you know, something that they probably don't get a chance to do often because a lot of fans don't get to travel. A lot of fans only get to see their favorite wrestlers on TV. And just, just thinking about what you said 10 years ago, Chris Masters was on WrestleMania, but now he's in Clinton, Iowa. When is the chance that you get to see that from a, um, a professional wrestler that you really care about or really like, and it just comes to a small town? So I just really think that Jeff Jarrett needs to be appreciated. So in, in a way, and in, in how this has been a great summer for uh, autobiographies, when you talk about Straight Outta Compton, I really wish, even though we had a great movie called The Wrestler with Mickey Wark, I really wish that somebody would, you know, write a bio of Jeff Jarrett just to show how he's transcended from uh, just a main event wrestler to trying to create wrestling promotions and the rise and fall of it and just follow Jeff Jarrett's life. Because really, that could be a story, if told right, that could be, you know, great for wrestling fans to see, great for wrestling fans to hear, because it gives a behind the scenes access not only on his life, but what happened between when he left WWE and went to TNA? What happens when he was in WCW and, and when he was the top of the top of the line in that mark? So I, I really wish, you know, fans, if you're listening, if somebody's interested in filmmaking or documentaries, has connections, you know, see if somebody can document the career and life of Jeff Jarrett to see if that can be a motion picture. Because I think that would be a really good story, not just for him but just for wrestling in general. And I think we never had that to go to the main screen. And I think if we did, I think that would be a great opportunity. Just make sure you give a little credit to BGB Group. You know, we can get a little executive producer role in it. Promote it. But on a serious tip, if somebody can do that, I just think that would be great for him because he has really been a pioneer for the wrestling business. And I appreciate what he's done, both as a performer and as an owner. And I think, you know, that needs to be spotlighted. Well, it's- uh, there's one, there's definitely, uh, I definitely agree. Yeah, he also had a little role in uh, in AAA as well, so that would just to be noted. Right. But um, I don't. I, I I think like when you think about Global Force, he's like, oh, it's just another wrestling brand, and you know, you hear about his marketing. Um, mm-hmm. You know how he's marketing these uh, promote his promotion these events, and you're just like, oh, you know, it's only going to be small. But up until you know the announcement of Amp, and then that. Um, show that they had in Vegas, the two shows they had in Vegas, and mm-hmm. looking at the crowd and hearing that they was um, sold out, I don't think there's no doubt that anybody thinks that he's not here to play for real. Like, I think like he's he's definitely grabbing some attention, and I think he's doing a way better job <laughs> than TNA, and I and I think that's just a testament to him being a student of the game from being yep. out there. You know, people like Eric Bischoff and Dixie uh, Carter, you look you look around how he's like, hey, you know, I've seen how people made mistakes. He's, he's probably took a lot of constructive criticism for the both of them. He's jumped back and forth. Like, I think by no means that he has nothing to do but to rise here. And also with how he's uh, pretty much taking all these TNA talents and as loners for his promotion. Like, you know, yeah. he's doing a good job. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what, oh, you want to know a trivia fact? Go for it. How many Clintons? How many 
uh, cities of Clintons are there in, in the United States? Well, I know I'm you guys busy. live near Clinton, and I know that we have one in Illinois because <laughs> my friend lives there, and I know we have one in Iowa, but I'm sure there's more than that. And we got um, one in Maryland because three of us are from Clinton, Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I can tell you that I know there's one in New York from driving, there's one in New Jersey, and there's one in North Carolina. But anyway, yep. I was just doing it while y'all was talking. There's, <laughs> absolute, there's actually 30 Clintons in 30 states. That's crazy. In the United States. And the most popular name of uh, cities is with 48 Greenville. Huh. Huh. Springfield's got to be up there too. I've seen a lot of Springfields. It's um in order. I think it's uh, I forget the number now, but it was Greenville, then it was uh, Franklin, and then it was Washington, and then it was Clinton. Wow. Yeah, we have a Washington, yeah. Illinois here. I, I know people from there too. Um, going back to Jeff Jarrett for just one sec. When he was given his <laughs> his uh, promo in the ring before the main event of the show. He thanked the fans. He said, you guys don't even understand. Uh, you know, my grandfather was in this business. My father was in this business. And I'm in this business. You guys have been putting food on my family's table for 70 years. Wow. And it's just like that's – and to think of how, how long Jeff Jarrett's been kind of relevant in the business, it's really remarkable because, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to stay relevant. A lot of the guys on this show, they're still working their indie shots and making their money, but – to be truly relevant and to be a big name in the business that's influential, like you said, like that's that's notable. And here's another trivia fact: Did you guys ever see the movie Spring Breakers with Selena Gomez? Absolutely, yeah, I did. I did. Jeff Jarrett plays uh, a youth group pastor in the, the beginning portion of the movie with Selena yes, Gomez's does. youth yeah, group or whatever. Wow. And I, it's I like, love that movie, by the way. Oh, I do too. I watched it with friends who hated it, and I was just watching. I was like, Jeff Jarrett. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's always cool when you see a wrestling cameo in movies. Not that I see Magic Mike or seen Kevin Nash or anything in it, but it is also when you do see like wrestling fans and like these random movies. You're like, what? Like you took this role like for real? Yeah, uh, it was. Um, <laughs> a couple more quick things from the event, and then I want to throw it to Two Chains for his <laughs> WWE house show. When we were talking to Jim Duggan. He was. Um, I was asking about where he had worked in the area and stuff, and then he asked my wife. Um, he like he really hit it off with my wife, probably because she's very good looking, and he's just like, "So, are you a wrestling fan, my dear?" And she said, "You know, I I started watching it because of my husband and this and that." And I said, "Yeah, we're big Legends House fans, so that's why she was so excited to meet." You. And he's like, "Oh yeah, you know that was a real fun experience, and that's where I met my good friend Roddy Piper, and he was talking about Legends House with us." So then we're, like I said, we were milling about kind of after we met everybody, letting everyone else go through the line. And it was getting kind of towards the end. And Hacksaw looked over and he gave my wife like a wink and a smile because he saw her again. <laughs> and my wife, we hadn't done like a side-by-side picture with him because he had been telling fans, you know, I'm supposed to charge for that in the ring at the end of the night. And she's like, man, I really want his, my picture with him. Like, Hacksaw's awesome. I said, you should just go ask him. He's not going to say no to you. He just winked at you. And so... <laughs> We go over there, and she's like, excuse me, can I get my picture with you? And he goes, oh, sure, lady. That's the prettiest smile I've gotten all day. And so, <laughs> so there's this great picture on my uh, on my Facebook personal page, which you guys see. I'm not going to put it out there on our, our group Twitter, but it's <laughs> Hacksaw and my wife both giving the thumbs up, and it was just such a great picture. <laughs> so there's no beef here, right? Oh, no. Hacksaw, <laughs> Hacksaw was in WrestleMania three. 
And he was in the tournament again in WrestleMania four and lost to Ted DiBiase, and he has worked with Andre the Giant. That guy can flirt with my wife as much as he wants. I don't <laughs> care. He's, he's definitely one of my favorites. He's an absolute legend, and he was the guy you see. You know, the character in the ring is the same guy we talked to. Maybe he was working. All those guys from the seventies and eighties know how to work a crowd, but he was nothing but just pleasant to be around and all the talent were man like him and especially um colt was nice odb was super nice and mickey james i mean she took like i said five to like eight minutes to just talk with us because i was talking about how much i appreciated her wrestlemania match and i told her about the time we had met previously at a house show for wwe and how nice she was to me then and so such a great person have nothing but great things to say about her was um was hacksaw ever a heel Ever? I think there was like a small time that he might have been in WCW maybe because he did have a small run there if I'm not mistaken right before no, the Monday Night Wars. I can't remember if he's a heel or not. I yeah, can't ever join the NWO. I thought he was for like a second. But like everybody was in the NWO at yeah. one point. So it's yeah. hard to remember. <laughs> Yeah, and at that point, there was only a few people that was just not associated with anybody. So <laughs> at that point, it didn't matter. Now, that, like at a certain point, it wasn't like who's in the MWO. It's like who's not in the NWO. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um. And you, you know, this is a funny thing. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta bring up about this. It's funny how uh, you know our friends from the Under the Mat Radio was saying um, how um, what's his name? Uh, I can't even think of his name right that quick. The guy that this was blasting all last week, uh, Virgil. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, during this show, they was like, and I bet you none of y'all even remember that Virgil was in the NWO for a minute. Yeah, and I bust out laughing. I was like, he sure <laughs> was, wasn't he? He was uh, Vincent, wasn't he? Wasn't that his name? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> trying to think if there's any other thing notable I wanted to tell you guys about it before we switch gears. Is there any other questions you guys had? Oh, yeah, yeah. I got a couple of questions. Yeah, shoot, shoot, um, man. Uh, I, it might have been a long time ago. It's really hard for me to remember. But I, to my understanding, I've never been to an outside wrestling venue. How is the acoustics with the mat and, you know, you know the bumps and, you know, the ring running? How, how is it with it being outside? It was, it was pretty cool, actually, because... Um, I mean, the Clinton Lumber King Stadium, it's just a what It's not like there's an upper deck. It's all lower deck, and there's some box seating towards the wall behind the backstop and stuff. Yeah. And uh, so they had the six-sided ring, and they had it set up right on home plate. And then the wrestlers would come out of the first base dugout and walk kind of the, uh, the batting, like the on-deck circle. They would walk through there. So I got a couple fist bumps because we were sitting front row by the first base side. Nice. And then, um, so like I said, there was only a couple hundred people there, so you could actually, you could hear the bumps. Like, I couldn't hear them calling spots in the ring like my dad could, because we were probably maybe 20 to 25 feet back from the ring. Um, but you could hear, when they were like yelling stuff at each other for storyline purposes, you could hear that clear as a, clear as a bell. Um, it was actually, you could hear everything, and I, it was nice. There wasn't a lot lost outside, and that was... It was one of the things that they were asking me about when they interviewed me for that documentary. You know, they said, "Well, you've been to WrestleMania a couple times. What's that like versus seeing a show with a couple hundred people in a minor league ballpark?" And I said, "You know, it's one thing like at WrestleMania 30 when everyone's going completely bananas when the Undertaker streak is broken or when Daniel Bryan wins the title in the main event, and it's something to be said for the bigness of that moment, the production, the spectacle, but." 
you know, you kind of lose a little bit of the intimacy. Like I can yell something at the wrestlers, which I did several times that night. I had no voice yesterday. Um, and it can affect the story of the match based on, you know, they're going to react to me and then that affects how they do. Great point. Yeah. And it was, and my favorite thing of the whole night was I started a slow clap for Colt Cabana to get his comeback out of a sleeper hold. I started it and everybody jumped on and I was like, I've never done a slow clap before. That was awesome. See, nice. You know, you know, and here we go again with the the show with the finishers I want to bring up, and I definitely want to do a show in regards to refereeing, mm-hmm. so to say, mm-hmm. because um, that's one thing I absolutely do miss is the the um, the, the clap for um, coming out of the sleeper hole. You know, you can you can go both ways. You can say, "Hey, it's cheesy. Let's leave it alone." But I think any any gimmick or any um, you know, sort of say tool that brings the uh, fans into it should always be part of the arsenal, no matter Even what. Even the three counts for the, uh, like getting out the sleeper hole too, they don't do the three counts no more. And I know two changes yeah. on text and, and uh, Twitter multiple times. Yep. Yeah, like I like, I like, I like the, you know, the um, the 10 count on the, on the ring post, you know, stuff like that. Like I, some of that stuff should just be almost in DNA where it's just like, hey, we never going to get rid of this. Yeah. Right? And like, Ten, and like and time that's limits, like that's another one that they don't, they don't do anymore is time limits. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, at this show, like- at this show, they were announcing time limits for each match and they got, as the matches got bigger on the card, the time limits increased. And my wife, like the main event was like with a 60 minute time limit. My wife's like, whoa. And I said, yeah, they don't do that anymore. (laughs) Well, the thing is, and this is the funny thing. The thing is that WWE does it, but always does. And that's exactly how, like I I started picking up on, um, the, the show we went to, how I knew I was like, watch this go 60 minutes. Because the fact that it was like, it's like, this has a 60 minute time limit. And I was looking at the, I was looking at my watch, like, what like the time it was going to end on like in a regular time so i was like yeah this is this is definitely going to go like the whole yeah. 60 minutes for sure yeah. so cool is there anything but else yeah, that's a good point yeah is there anything else you guys wanted to ask I, I feel like i explained everything on the podcast i wanted to but i remember i've talked with you guys off the air a lot about it so i can't remember what i said where but is there anything else you guys wanted to ask about uh one other thing too since it's that since it's yeah, um you're like um visually challenged to some part of the ring did they only play outside spots to the crowd they did because the ring was facing um they kind of had it gated off to like right where the first and third base was so the crowd could only sit close in kind of behind the home plate area and so forth yeah. so they definitely played to like those three of the six sides of the ring um yeah. so that did, definitely helped a lot for sure did that make any uh um, techniques or anything look kind of like, you know, irregular, sort of say. No, you know, like I don't, I don't think so because like, I've been to shows where there's not a hard camera angle that they have to consistently play to, like when you go to a pay per view or something. But yeah. um, what was interesting, they so they had like some rubber mats like immediately around all six sides of the ring, and there were some spots that happened there. But what was weird. I wasn't used to seeing this. There's a lot of high spots where if they went farther than three feet from the ring apron, were in grass around around the batter's circle. And so, like, I have a lot of weird pictures of guys either fighting or trying to, like, get up or, like, playing to the crowd in baseball stadium grass or in dirt. <laughs> so that was that was kind of weird. I, I was not used to that. That's cool. Yeah. Man. 
Well, that's definitely there. That's that's my questions for on that. All right. Well, I, I think unless there's anything else, we can kind of move to the show you went to in Fairfax last night. Yeah, it was at a uh, uh, Raw had their live event. Um, they had it, like you said, the John Cena tour. That's what we're gonna call it. Uh, where they came to Fairfax, Virginia last night. It started at about seven o'clock. So, uh, with that being said, I kind of was wondering, like, oh, I wonder how long the show is and stuff like that. But um, coming into coming into the show, it was, it was a lot of kids, a lot of kids, majority kids, and I guess that's more what. The house shows are king too, which is totally fine. And um, me appreciating uh, smaller companies like ROH and uh, Global Force, the the, the, um, the mass of the crowd doesn't bother me at all. I'm actually more comfortable with smaller crowds because just like the point you just made, if I was that type of person where I want to start a chat or I want to make sure that uh, um, a superstar hears me, I'm able to voice myself and know at some point he is going to hear me. And it's so funny because it happened too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not even going to, y'all should already know if you're going to check Twitter, which one yes. it was. <laughs> can I ask, can I ask a quick thing before you get too far into it? Yes, sir. So D Wayne's not on the show today, but I'm going to call you out. D Wayne, you having your catfish girlfriend that we don't know if she's yeah, real or not. I was going to do it, Eric. Yeah. Nah. No, I respectfully, I respectfully not. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> oh, you gotta give us something. I mean, do you want to tell us how you got these tickets? Yeah, after the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, all here's what I all I'll say is this: we we know who two chains went to the show with. D Wayne, you still have no proof. I still don't believe anything. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. I will say this. I will make a hashtag, and and I didn't put this on sex, but I'm gonna kind of surprise two chains with this hashtag Iggy Azalea. (laughs) (laughs) I can I can say though that if if you ever do go to a show with somebody that's never been to a wrestling show, maybe a house show is a a great place to start because not only like I tweeted like you're up close and personal, but it when you are when you are when you are able to be in a smaller crowd, you, you do kind of gravitate towards the um, towards the ring easier. Sure, where you I, have less. I can completely agree with that. Having taken new people to shows too, completely agree. And bef- before I go into yes, and thank you for buying the tickets. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, the lineup. I have to say that number one. For uh, Mr. Sellis himself, The Miz is the man. Ah, um, total, I love him. Love him. He uh, he does everything what he does perfect. He, mm-hmm. at, at no point do I ever feel like he's uncomfortable. He, yeah. He he you know he, he he did his traditional entrance. He um you know he fed to the crowd um and he takes back what the crowd gives him and apply it towards the ring. Yep. That's what he's um, supposed to do. Did he do his teacher classroom management? When my arm goes up, your mouth goes shut. Nah, nah, he didn't. Uh-oh. He didn't. He didn't use the mic. Oh, okay. Um, others did, but he didn't use the mic. Um, okay. He used his voice, obviously, and he spoke out loud. You can hear him clear. He, he does a good job, nonetheless. But um, yeah, it started off with. Uh, oh yeah, before I even get into the um the master, one other thing that I was kind of disappointed was, you would think at house shows that if anything they want to promote their. Um, merchandise heavy and 
I can say it probably only had a selected six shirts. I bet it was all Cena stuff, wasn't it? No, it was uh, it was it was Cena, of course. Majority Cena. There was a little bit of gold dust. There really? was Roman Reigns. There was uh, there was no deep. As a matter of fact, I could be absolutely tripping. But there was no Divas, and if there was Divas, the only shirt that I think I seen them selling was an AJ Lee shirt. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, and I, and then the other thing is, I know what, I couldn't, her, you know her shirt, she can't, she didn't ever, well, she might have had her name on, I can't remember. But I know her color patterns with that purple and the black, and there's nobody else using that pattern. And then, and then I was like, well, maybe it's Dolph, but it's not Dolph, because Dolph's shirt was to the left of it. So I was just like, whoa. That's, I was like, really? You sure? It wasn't a page shirt? It didn't, because I know she uses some purple too, it wasn't that? No, it wasn't Paige's shirt. Doesn't Paige's shirt say something like, this is my house? The new one does, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, it wasn't Paige. Weird. That's really weird. It wasn't a lot of merchandise, for sure. So Um, so I'm guessing you guys didn't buy anything then? Nah, I was looking. I wanted a... um, I wanted a We The People shirt, which I knew was going to be a reach, because, you know, how that's going. Yeah. And then I wanted a, um, a Finn Balor shirt. They didn't have that as well, too. And then for her, there was really, there, like I said, there was no Divas stuff. So, I mean, thank God, like, that was never for debate to saying, like, hey, we can get something there because, like, the Divas, the Divas merchandise is good, but to have none, it's like, come on now. I know, right? Dr. M, no get on it, Dr. No M. Was. <laughs> get on it, Dr. M. No <laughs> You know what, Dr. Yeah. M, you don't own any Divas stuff yet. What's up with that? Uh, I don't necessarily want to own any <laughs> Divas stuff. You need you know, to get you need to get a Sasha Banks shirt right now, Doctor M. <laughs> if if you wasn't wearing uh, um if you wasn't wearing uh, um a Tina John Cena anything, everybody else had on Diva stuff. That's cool. No, no question. Every you look around, everybody and like this, it's that's so good for guys to not discriminate because like guys that oh yeah yeah Kevin Owens too forgot about that sure yeah. But everybody pretty much had, like, I even seen a guy with a Primo shirt, which, you know, to each his own. But, hey, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Divas was all over the place, for real. Well, well, the young lady you went with had the Becky Lynch shirt, so she gets props from me because I love Becky Lynch. Yes, that was the biggest, biggest plus, 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 plus. (laughs) (laughs) If only I could have left with both of them, it would have been, like, the best night ever. (laughs) (laughs) I hope she's not listening to this, man. Huh? I hope she's not listening to this. <laughs> she's behind me. Oh! <laughs> Hello! <laughs> uh, she knows my love for Becky Lynch. Okay. Well, as long as, she, as long as she's respectful of that, that's cool. Oh, yeah. So that's another thing I can bring it to us. So, yeah, like, um, like I said, the first match started off with um, well, uh, The Miz and Cesaro, which is... A great, excellent tone to start off with. Sure. Um, I like Cesaro. The crowd likes Cesaro. She became a Cesaro fan. Like, he does his stuff. Like, he... The, the, seeing him on TV, yeah, I get it. But seeing him in person, like, he's massive. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he plays... He does not play no games in, in the ring. And that's the same for The Miz as well. Like, The Miz matches his, um, his same energy in it. And I think they work great together. So, I'm not... Um, 
I've, I've always slightly been a Miz fan because he's paid sure. his way. He's been no slouch. So, but was I it? appreciate it more just to see him because I don't, I haven't seen him wrestle in like a while. So, you know, it's just refreshing it because you know you watch TV after a while, it's easy for heel work to get get you get consumed in it so bad that you actually start started to not like certain mm-hmm. people. You know, sure. so was this your first time seeing Cesaro live? Um. Did I see? I see. I, in singles work, yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's right. Yep. But um, yeah, the match after that uh was um the Fandango and Adam Rose. So Fandango came out, which you know, crowd give him his pop for his uh his you know his intro music and dance. And I was like, I wonder who he's about to fight. So I hear somebody comes out talk about no 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 fun for nobody and i'm like who in the world is this and he's uh from my peripheral i couldn't see exactly till he got up closer and i was like what the i was like Anna rose i was just like i didn't even know his gimmick changed and maybe i mean i've been watching raw and uh, wrestling uh, every week i don't recall seeing him on tv so maybe this is something that they're trying on house shows to see what type of um, you know, what type of pop and what type of reaction they get from him. Because basically he was saying like, hey, I done gave you the bunny, I done gave you the rosebuds, nobody appreciated it, so now nobody has <laughs> but And he just was just real salty. And you know the crowd, I don't care where you at, the crowd always has something for you. So a Leo Kruger champ started out, and I was just <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I don't think that went as planned. So I, I you know, um, this match was just okay. It was probably like a ten minute match. It was just a, lot, a whole bunch of uh, just you know keep the crowd, get, pull the crowd into it. You know, Fandango does his dancing and uh, who went over? I think it was a dog. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think. I mean, Fandango won, but nobody really uh, went over here. I mean, besides the fact that Anna Rose after the match, he stood in the ring and he stood up and he looked around and. <clears throat> I can't help but to think about his promotion that he did on ESPN every time I see him. Yeah. So he, he'll always have my respect, no question. Yep, but, for sure. Uh, I think, as the internet fanboys we are, I think we really want to see him move back to that Leo Kuka role. We want, we really want him to be used effectively because this Mr. Uh, IRS gimmick that I think he's going for right here, I'm not a fan of. The right the right decisors. Uh, gimmick, it worked for a little while, but after a while, it just got really annoying. This is exactly how I felt as soon as I seen it. So, gotcha. Hmm. So, um, the next match uh, was the Lucha Dragons versus the New Day. So, <clears throat> was really interesting to see Lucha Dragon. I know they're really fun and exciting to watch. So I just wanted to see them work in the ring, and it was everything I thought it was going to be. And the New Day, of course. <clears throat> Everybody appreciate them. There's no question. But to actually be part of their antics in real life is hilarious. And I got to say that uh, Big E, <laughs> he is a little too much. I tell you. <laughs> like, if they wasn't good, they would be so annoying because they do so much trolling and teasing and chanting the whole match. You're just like, can y'all got some wrestle now? But just so good. Like, they're, they're, I'm, they're definitely like, top three and he'll work or just to get the reaction from the fans. So 
it was a good match. It was nothing less than you would expect. Absolutely. So I was I was upset that Xavier Woods wasn't there because uh, you know I oh, think wow. he'll be walking around since you know he wasn't the ones wrestling. But uh, somebody tweeted us and saying it was his birthday, so he was uh, he was in Baltimore, or they gave him the week off because um, the the day before the show they had a show in um, actually. They had a show in Salisbury, Maryland. Then the day before that, they had a show in Greenville, North Carolina. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Greenville. <the> Greenville. <laughs> so yeah, that was that. But um, I that's somebody I definitely that's a that's a team I definitely want to see and and uh you know with all their members. So definitely Mania. Oh, they'll still be they'll still be way over. There's no question. I hope oh, they hold sure. the titles till Mania and just keep annoying people. That would be so awesome. Oh, oh no. They didn't bring the Dudley boys back not to make them decorated. They're not going to have it that long. They're going to lose it for sure. Like, like somebody, I think somebody tweeted or somebody said they're probably going to use them like how to use uh, uh, the New Age Outlaws. Except they have a better contract where they will be doing more work. Yep. But I think they will have them to you know get over for a while and then to put more than likely the New Day ultimately over again. So I just want. I just want all the heels to carry the titles from now until Mania, just so we can have like so many ginormous pops when we're at WrestleMania. And just be happy. Yes. Yeah. Whereas the last time we went to WrestleMania, we walked away sad because the streak was over, but happy because Dana Bryan won. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was such a mix of emotions. Yeah, we had a rough night that night, in New Orleans. So um, the next match was uh, Rusev with Summer Rae versus uh, Alana-less Dolph Ziggler, and. I know somebody wants to plug what happened here, but I definitely was looking around like, hey, 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 we want Lana. Like, this is real stuff here. Like, that hashtag and that chant, that's real stuff here. Like, we really do want her. And I was thinking, like, maybe she'll come out for something because you know how Rusev always wants to throw the match in the beginning, like, forget this, I don't need it, and gets out, and he was walking with his back to us. I was like, oh, maybe Lana's going to come out, but that didn't happen. But, um, like what was reported today by the WWE is that she sustained an injury. Um, I didn't see specifically what it was. I'm guessing ankle. She can't wrist, be doing nothing. Wrist. wrist. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But I said she can't be doing nothing too major. Like she's not even wrestling. But yeah, so she's out for three months or is it four months? I read four months, which four is months. terrible. Yeah, that's that sucks. That's pretty much putting her back, you know, around Royal Rumble WrestleMania season time, which good, I guess, in that sense, but. I mean that feud. That feud, in my opinion, is kind of dead in the water without her because they get the best reaction when her and Summer Rae go at it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this shouldn't keep her off TV. No, I don't think so either. But you knew they were building that match, and it just kind of bums me out that we got to wait for it now. But it is what it is. Um, the one big surprise about uh, this match was the crowd really likes Rusev. Like, I I was confused for a minute because when this music dropped, everybody was, like, kind of, like, roaring for him. And I was really surprised. But, huh. um, um, until Dolph came out, that ended that because I was wondering who he was going to fight. And I was just like, like, literally, Dolph and Rusev have been only fighting each other, it seems like, for the last, like, five months, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's good to note here that, um, of course, Dolph, won this match by uh, Rusev. Uh, I think he went against the ropes for a super kick and Dolph kind of like avoided it and he almost went to Summer Rae who was on side of the road 
of course, the ref uh, was sitting there between the two, and then um, Dolph Ziggler came behind him, did the zigzag. But I think it's really, I think it's important to note that superstars such as um, for the night, uh, Dolph, um, basically all the faces. I want to say I think hmm. maybe not Cesaro and uh, yeah, not okay. So after everything after the tag team match, all the faces pretty much made sure that everybody that had VIP tickets slash experience all got some form of a handshake or got some type of attention Mm -hmm. after the match. Another thing is that they made sure that they came around the ring to look for kids to, you know, do their, you know, honorable, you know, their nice gestures. Yeah, that's awesome. Dolph Ziggler went above and beyond because Dolph Ziggler went to the corner which I was in and the, um, the adjacent corner, and then he was walking out. Then I say, no, I hear everybody roaring. I'm like, what's happening? He runs around the ring one time, runs around it again a second time, and then he does it a third time. It's like, good Lord, he just wrestled pretty much like a 15-minute match, and he had all this energy running around. So I think that's awesome, and I think yes. um, that's the experience that you get at a house show where you're not so – you know, strictly time mm-hmm. that you can do these things. And I think that, you know, you should appreciate that. But, uh, oh, Rusev had his face over the Bulgarian flag. I thought that was so cheesy, but so funny at the same time. So, um, the next match, looking through my pictures, is, um, oh, it was a break. It was an intermission um, about, 15-minute intermission, and then was the Divas match where it was uh, Team PCB versus Team Bad. Um, Sasha and Tamina and versus Becky Lynch and Charlotte. Just like on TV, every, they get the same type of pop. Um, everybody, I think that's what everybody came to see, for sure. Like Everybody was excited to see them. They worked a good match. A good uh if it was TV time, I would say probably a good two-segment match. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, you guys are your big Sasha fans. She works yeah. outside the ring, the crowd. She does everything perfect. Like, she's so – she's really good. Um, How long they give them? I think that match was about 15 minutes. Awesome. Yeah, it was about 15 minutes. And the, the faces um, – the baby faces went over on that one? Oh yeah, that's that's the only problem I had about that match because it's just like to me it actually wrestled a good match. I have to say that, um, but uh, yeah, they it's just it's just that the fact that um, Sasha didn't get much work. I think she did most of her work outside the ring and talking and getting the fans rowdy. She uh, also. How she was, uh, you know, yelling at the ref. She does all that good. Like, it just seems, sometimes it just seems so personal. She's just like, come on, ref. Like, what are you doing? Like, it just seems, it didn't, it didn't feel scripted at all. So, uh, that was good. Um, just like uh, the matches before, the faces came out, and uh, that's how I was able to snap that picture of Becky. Actually, Becky signed this one little girl to the left of me sign and uh yeah little kids are so cute because the little girl was just standing there and i don't even think she really like wanted to get what well, obviously she wanted to get a sign but she was so humble we're to the point where she didn't oh yeah because she was just like 
okay, so some kids were like overly aggressive. Like, I'm definitely going to get something signed here. And this little <laughs> girl just had her pen out, and Becky made sure that she went over. And um, it's like she mo- m- might have just cut off the side of her eye, went over and signed it. And the little girl was like humble for the whole night. Like, she held, she wrapped her sign up in her arms, and that sign wasn't going nowhere the whole night. What's your, what's your, Becky signed it today for me. I would have did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but um, um, I, I the one note I guess to take from this match is the the match was done really solid. Didn't look sloppy at all. So you, you definitely see the maturity of the Divas Revolution in the ring, and um, you know this is just prone for them to have a big match by the time we get down to media. Where we're we should expect probably a 25-minute match, I hope. I sure hope so. And it should be solid. Because, yeah, they, you know, there's no question that they have the talent. But they were definitely very, all of them, uncomfortable coming up. But, um, like, they're looking more polished now. So that's, that's good to know. And I think out of the three, Becky was the one that probably needed the most work. Out of the three. Yeah, out of the three, yeah. But now, um, <coughs> like I said, uh they're, they're looking much more solid. And, and another thing, too, even Tamina is, is looking much solid, too. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't recall her ever having an a injury, but she had a knee brace on that I noticed as well. Well, she she was out for a good chunk of last year because you might <laughs> remember when Paige won the title, that was her first feud. And then Tamina had her knee surgery and was out for like six months or something like that. Oh, okay. So she probably still well, probably maybe just wears it kind of for reinforcement after your right, you know, your surgery right, repaired true. on that kind of thing right was the uh was the Sheamus match that you had pictures and fun comments about up after this one <laughs> yes it was i can't it wait to hear great. about this based on what you wrote on twitter about it <laughs> it was just so good first to see jack swagger because everybody was wondering like where is he at you know there was some speculation around his contract and stuff like that um, I'm a fan of Jack Swagger. He's uh he's massive in the ring, and so is Sheamus. Like those guys are huge, and they did a, they did a really good job. A lot of uh, um, good spots, and um, they run the ropes really good. Like I, they somehow I don't know if Zeb Coulter is the reason why this affected um, Jack Swagger ultimately with his injury, but he somehow has to get back on TV. Like somehow I don't I don't know how or how they you know get them feuded off like write the big show off for god's sake like bring in jack swagger that he's one of my favorites and that we the people gimmick is awesome and it still gets the same pop you know you hear the thing the thing about this stuff is too like as an um as an adult it's easy for us to comprehend certain things much easier and quicker so you know you see them you know what gimmick it is but for kids to automatically have not seen this guy and god knows how long on tv and as soon as he comes up on stage, everybody does it. Like, that's that means you're doing something right, you know. But Seamus comes out, and he's just talking so much trash. His accent is so heavy. Nobody understands what he's saying. So everybody's yelling what? You know the, the you look stupid chants break out. <laughs> so I think he gets in the ring and um, – oh, he gets in the ring and – He's flaunting his money in the bank pre- briefcase, and Jack Swagger, I think, eventually gets to him or something. Something happens to a point, and then Sheamus yells at the refs like, "Can't you tell?" Like something like, "I'm not ready." Blah blah blah. And they're <laughs> still yelling, uh, "You look stupid." <laughs> so at this point, I'm like so consumed with the "You look stupid" chance. 
I'm just like, well, look, I'll, I'm I'm gonna make sure that he knows that he looks stupid too. So I'm just jumping out, and everybody joining. So he's standing on the side of the ropes, like right in front of me. He's looking around, and I was like, uh oh. He's like, you know what? And I was just like, I guess as a kid, I was taught not to tell anybody they look stupid. But apparently, that rule doesn't change, especially with Kevin Owens as well. But he turns around, he's like. You look stupid, and I see him point directly at this little kid. And I'm just like, oh man! He turns around behind him, and he and he points at this girl. He's like, you look stupid, and then he looks over my area. I'm like, what the? He's like, you look stupid. I was like, you can't make this up. So, but everybody likes Sheamus. Like this guy to the left of me, he might have been the biggest Sheamus fan I've ever seen in my life. Like. He literally was just yelling Sheamus the whole match because uh, Sheamus, by, by this time, was getting ready to take off his shirt. and He was wrapping around his head, and this dude is just yelling at Sheamus because he wanted that shirt more than anything that whole night. But, you know, as a heel, you know, you don't, you don't give your shirt away. You know what I mean? So, right. uh, But I, I think Sheamus is, I guess this is why they gave him the money in the bank also because, the, you know, to give him some type of declaration – but he did. He does really got really good with crowd control, and he says look, he's doing a good job as a heel. Like even looking back at some of his uh, old older matches, uh, I was looking at um, Night of Champions from a couple of years ago. I can't remember which one. I was like heel or face. Like you appreciate him. You appreciate anybody that does, you know, the twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five days a week tour in the yep. ring and is in his polish. You know, exactly. So, that was good. Um, I'd be interested to know what's going to happen with his money in the bank briefcase after a while. I uh, <laughs> I want to get into that at the end of the podcast because I have a fantasy booking about that. Cool. So in the um, in the middle of the card, they announced that the final match was going to be in Kevin Owens versus John Cena in a street match, and I was just like, "What?" I was just like. I mean, arguably, anybody can say that the Kevin Owens one or two could be match of the year. So for these two to be fighting each other is a big deal because, you know, they, the chemistry is definitely there. So um, this match was nothing less than a good pay-per-view match just with shorter time. Not to mention, too, the Cesaro um, Miz match was also pay-per-view quality as well. But um, Kevin Owens... Is so fun. He's definitely the ultimate heel. Like, if he had a belt, I would say he was he'll be the number one heel. But without that, it will be Seth Rollins. But in the beginning of the match, um, you know, he comes out, he gets a huge pop. Everybody likes Kevin Owens. There's no question. John Cena comes out, and everybody goes crazy. You know, John Cena he runs the ropes a couple of times, and he throws mm-hmm. up his his sign. Well, Kevin Owens was not having that. So the second rope that he hit, Kevin Owens knocked him to the ground. Nice. <laughs> he fell on his face. He took John Cena hat and put it on, and it was hilarious. So a um, couple of things to take from this match was um, John Cena using tables and stuff, um, which is interesting because of the fact that they tried to build his character to never, to never have to use stuff like that. Right. But he pulled out. He, he pulled out tables, set them up in corners. He put chairs in corners, like straight up hardcore match for him. Like no matter who he is, you know. But um, Kevin Owens threw John Cena out the ring and uh, did a body slam with him outside the ring. 
why he still has one in his hat. Kevin Owens looked in the crowd at this little boy. He said, oh, you're a John Cena fan, huh? He calls the little boy stupid. <laughs> and, he, and he told him, as long as he has that John Cena hat on, he was going to keep hitting John Cena in the head with the mic. <laughs> and he hit him one time. And, you know, the noise that the uh, mic make when you when you hit it. He looked at the little boy. He said, you hear that? That's John Cena's call cracking. He said, if you keep it on, I'm going to hit him again. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah. And I, I'm telling you, the little boy, you can see his face. Like, the first time he smiled, second time, little boy looked like he was a little concerned. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Did he take it off? Was, huh? Did he take the no. hat off? At least, I think he sat down to a point where I couldn't see him. Because after that, I was just like, okay, this little boy might be a little frightened. <laughs> wow. He's going hard. Yeah, John Cena reversed it, so he didn't he didn't get to hit him the second time. But that that's great. Like I said, that's great heel work. Yes. Of course he uh of course he had something to say about the stupid people of Virginia and how they never would be anything worth him wrestling for and stuff like that. And, right. Um but you know, typical match uh where um Kevin Owens oh the the um, cannonball in the corner, that's, that move is so awesome. He did it on the chair. But uh, it, John Cena uh, ultimately won by reversal and through the AA and through a table, and Sweet. that was it. So, But nonetheless, it would have been a – if it was a pay-per-view, he probably would have kicked out then. But for the short, extended house show version of this match, it was definitely pay-per-view quality and really solid. And um, John Cena – had all the little kids come out they see to try and come up and get an autograph. And John Cena clearly has to get to get to Baltimore. And um he um you know he threw all his stuff out in the crowd but after the match he didn't really come around the ring like how everybody else made a, a special extended effort to do so I'm not taking anything from him at all. Mm-hmm. But you know he's such the he's such the guy like you know like he did what he had to do and he's like oh I got another show to go to guy get out of here. So yep. But overall, it was a really, really fun show. I definitely enjoyed it, for sure. What I got one quick, one quick question for you, Two Chains. I remember when I was in uh, Upper Marlboro at the Showplace Arena, mm-hmm. and we had a house show, and it was a Sunday right before Raw. Mm-hmm. And I remember this is when Dolph Ziggler was champion, and he had fought Alberto Del Rio. Now, mm-hmm. the same exact sequence that that match happened at the house show, they mm-hmm. actually did that on Raw. Did you see something that maybe that could be the exact same sequence of something that you'll see on Raw tonight based on the matches? Uh, it's probably, if anything, the only realistic view from last night was was only Dolph Ziggler and Rusev. Okay. Kevin, Kevin Owens and Cena should not be nowhere near each other. Um, the Lucha Dragons and New Day probably won't have nothing to say with each other. Right. Uh, Cesaro and uh, The Miz, possibly. Who knows? But um, if there's if there's anything to take that could happen, it's probably going to be that little short video of Summer Rae on the side of the ring. Okay. As an interference. I can see that happening. The reason why I see this maybe being duplicated is because typically every match with them two, Summer Rae is doing something to interfere and then Lana you know, stop Summer Rae. With Lana being off screen, we should look. We should be looking to Summer Rae making an impact for Dolph being on the losing streak. Gotcha. You know, okay. I, I, feel like, I figure that's how they're going to work it. So maybe, you know, maybe they work it that way, but this time Dolph actually loses because it's easy as um, Dolph avoided Rusev. Dolph could have 
been hit and lost, right. which I thought was going to happen. But hey, the Hills doesn't win at the house shows, you know? No. Yeah. <laughs> I had a I had a couple questions too. First, what would you estimate the attendance was of the show? There's been a lot of talk online about the house show attendances lately. Okay, so they're not going to try to sell out the place. I mean, obviously, that would be like awesome if they did. Yeah. But how would you think uh, the attendance rate? And I know, I know the particular area behind us was absolutely packed. Yeah, I mean, I would have to say, I would have to say about. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, we got special guest appearances in the background. <laughs> yeah, for I guess yeah, like she said, so for the for the amount of tickets they sold, about eighty percent of what they wanted to sell out sold out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's pretty solid, you know, for a Sunday. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, it was it was it was definitely solid. Like there was no like there was no room to hear cricket or a pin drop in there. Like okay, it was it was a good it was a good crowd. Yeah, 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 because somebody, yeah, yeah, pretty big, right? And then, like, somebody, somebody said, uh, that tweeted us and said, like, oh, I see the picture that looks pretty, you know, um, you know, it looks pretty empty. Well, just like I tell people at USC shows, like, when you go to USC, they know when they have these big, like, USC live, like, you know, whatever, or, you know, the shows they have on Fox, they rope off the area. That they know they, they didn't sell. They're not going to just leave it open for you to think like, oh, maybe somebody's going to come there. Maybe somebody won't. You know, it's always designed to, you know, accommodate the number of tickets that they have opened up to the public. So, you know, if more people, if because the one thing, the one thing about I think with shows is you never you never hear like, oh, well, we sold so many. Now we're going to open up more tickets. They they already know an idea. They've been doing like like analysis on this stuff for years they know like this type of show this name is going to bring this many people yep so we expect to sell this many if more happens then sol you know especially if cena's on the uh, advertise he'll he'll definitely draw a certain segment every time right right it's it's it's, i think because i think people are so accustomed to like sporting events where it's just like hey i'm going to see the redskins the whole stadium's open. Nobody's always going to go to every game. Nobody, a Jacksonville Redskins game would not sell out. No. The Jacksonville Cowboys game will sell out. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. So. No, no question. Yeah. And then the other question I had, and I can either ask it through you or I can ask it directly depending on what she wants to do. Since it was her first show, what was her impressions of the live wrestling experience? Um... Like I said, like if somebody's not a fan, so to say, um, of wrestling, the house show is definitely a good place to go. Um, it's easy for somebody to say, "Hey, I had a good time," but when you actually see people, somebody like gets up and take pictures and mm-hmm. ask questions or say, "Hey, I really like this person; they did a good job doing this," or the absolute ultimate win is when somebody has no clue about wrestling likes the hill means the hill is doing great work yes so the biggest thing to hear like oh kevin owens is really good is like phenomenal <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it, it makes no sense to me at all it's, it's like it's, yeah well you, that's, you that's can tell when someone's good at what they do no question right because it, at some point you know somebody can say 
oh, I don't like Kevin Owens because he just seems like he just talks too much and he gets on my nerves. Like, no, that's not how that goes. He He's a guy that's, he's a heel. He's designed to make the crowd like him or dislike him. He's, he, he wants you to be interactive with him. He, he feeds off the crowd and he does what he does in the ring because yep. they give him the mic because he has the ability to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it'd be funny. My wife will sit there and watch Raw and like be like, "Gosh, I just really hate Sheamus. Like, they need to do something." And I'm just like, "Like, you understand that that's exactly what they want you to think, so that when the babyface gets the you know the heat and the comeback, that's a good thing. You're gonna get excited." She's like, "Yeah, well, I don't care. He's still stupid." And it's like, "Okay, well, he's doing it. He's making his money. Then he's doing a good job." Another great point that she that that kind of stuck with me yesterday too was just like she's like. Everybody say they don't like John Cena, but when they get here, everybody does. And I was just like, I don't like John Cena, but I appreciate him. Yeah. But that's 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 the absolute truth. Like you realize, like, hey, this guy he does what he does in the ring, good, no matter if you like him or not. He's definitely not one of the best wrestlers, but he's definitely one of the best people in the WWE at all. There's no question. Oh, yeah. No. No, there's no, there's no way in the world waiting for a John Cena autograph. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Well, um, that sounds like you guys had an awesome time. Your pictures oh, look yeah. great. I encourage all of our listeners, if you jump on our Twitter page, I mean, between him and I, you probably threw up like, what, 30 pictures between the two of us? Something yeah. like that? Yeah. So, yeah, man. Um I guess we can kind of move on and do a little fantasy booking before we go if you guys have time. So Seth Rollins is going to be defending both of his championships at Night of Champions in two weeks from yesterday. Uh, The United States Championship in a rematch against John Cena, who has his rematch clause. And then we have him defending for some reason against Sting in the main event for the World Heavyweight Championship. And I guess I just wanted to get a barometer of the room you know, moving forward into whatever our next episodes will be about. Does he retain both? Does he lose one? Does he lose both? Dr. M, I want to start with you. Uh, if I were booking this, I would book him to retain both. Um, in part because I think Seth losing any championship right now would be a bad move. Mainly because him holding both titles right now, that's going to, that's only going to do good for him in terms of his character and how he sort of always sort of sneaks away with victories and keeps gold around his waist. And it will make when he finally does lose these titles, you know, around Royal Rumble WrestleMania season, it'll make them all that more significant. Um, I, I just wouldn't understand why he would lose the belts right now. What I think will happen though, is that he will probably drop the U S title to Cena, in part because as much as I don't like but appreciate Cena, um, as Niger pointed out, or 2 Chains pointed out, um, those those U.S. Open challenges on Raw were, were great segments that, were, if I remember correctly, they tended to get pretty high ratings. They did, yeah. And so um, I, I think WWE probably wants to go back to that. But uh, to have him lose the belt to Sting would be... A, a bad move in my opinion, but this goes back to our discussion from however many podcasts ago about the fact that, you know, Sting will drop 
what, two matches in a row since he's been here, and that doesn't seem like the best use of him either. So Yeah, I agree. I don't know, man. What about you, Silas? Do you think, could you see him dropping either of those titles? I mean, I think what Dr. M says makes a lot of sense. It would make more sense if he was going to drop one, do the one to Cena, the guy that's full-time on the active roster who tends to win all the time anyways. Mm-hmm. But, like, where? what would you do if you were booking it? If I was booking it, I would agree with Dr. M. I, I don't want him to lose either title. I think if you do lose one title, you lose maybe the U.S. title around Survivor Series. Uh, maybe that's the time when you drop it down and maybe have a connection maybe where you can lead this into Mania where he has to wrestle twice for Mania. He doesn't want to lose the U.S. title, so he probably wants to gain that back. And, of course, he'll have to defend his, or if he doesn't lose his WWE title by that time, um, he'll, you know, can fight both times in Mania. But I really don't think that can happen. I just want to make sure they build Seth Rollins to be a great star. But if I'm being realistic, um, he's not going to lose either title during the matches. So he's not going to lose against Sting by clean, or he's not going to lose against Cena clean. But I think Sheamus might have a running where he might try to cash in on the Night of Champions. Just a slight feeling. Not sure if that will happen if they pull the trigger on that. What do you think about that, too, James? Yeah, Sting, no way he loses to... Uh, he doesn't win clean. Somebody interferes. I don't. I mean, I don't know. It has to be. I hate to even say this out of my mouth, unless unless I'm just terribly wrong. But if, if somebody interferes with this, the sting part of this um, debate, it has to be somebody that's a part time worker. Um, mm-hmm. The options there are limited. I've been hearing that sting is supposed to be here for full time work, but we'll see. But whatever, I, I can't honestly say that I can think of the absolute name for this person that it's going to be. Um, I like the fact that the creative does have us having a really respectable debate here instead of us saying like, oh, we know Sting is going to be this third person in the Y versus the Brothers match. So I do like the fact that we know that somebody has to be involved. And Seth Rollins, you have to keep his gimmick going where he gets his sneaky, cheap wins. Um um, and it has to be somebody he can feud against. I mean, I'm loving the fact that if Kane is held off TV tonight, that Kane is the one that does it. Yes. Kane, Kane versus Sting. Sting definitely goes over here. Kane lets him know that he needs to fight his older brother. You know, however you want to do that. We know Sting Taker is coming. And, this, mm-hmm. you know, and the crazy thing is, if for the sake of house shows, if, that may, if this makes any relevance to storylines that before any of the matches go that they brought up the fact of uh, Kane versus Taker at Night of Champions and um, I just thought that was interesting why they would bring and show that match before that I was just like well, of all matches like this is what you want to show so but um, as far as what's the Cena portion of this match I mean I gotta be quite honest I really do not care who has his belt at the end of it. Like, I just don't care. Like, it would make me feel better if Shaman could cash in his money and bank for that or something. I don't even care. Like, honestly, I think Seth Rollins wins it, but other than that, I can care less. You know, yeah. hopefully a good match comes out of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're definitely in line for two really good matches. Just, you saw what Cena and Rollins did at SummerSlam, and it was, it was very good. Uh, the finish was a little weird, but the match itself was very good. And um, I think the Seth Rollins can carry Sting to have a nice match. I like the element built in. you got to think that the Cena match will be first on that card. And then um, you can say, well, he, he took Seth Rollins to the limit, you know, and Sting's fresh and 
that can kind of even the odds a little bit considering Sting's in his 50s. I like the idea also, like you all said, about him keeping both belts. And it would be kind of cool if if it was sloppy finishes, regardless if Sheamus gets involved or not, if there's some questionable antics that let Triple H and Stephanie further question Rollins as the future because they've been teasing that whole storyline with Triple H, which you got to think yeah. they're going to pull the trigger on that either at Mania or before WrestleMania season if Triple H is going to work the rock like has been rumored for a while. I hope that doesn't happen. I'd rather see him go against Rollins at Mania if we were if that's the way they wanted to go with it. But um, if you did have Sheamus cash in, I would rather see Sting somehow win the title briefly so that he doesn't have to go 0-2 and then have Sheamus take it off of him. And then maybe you could build that to some sort of Sheamus-Sting match maybe at a WrestleMania if Taker-Brock is held off till then. Okay. And it'll be interesting to see what they do with Taker here because Lesnar is advertised for that Madison Square Garden WWE Network show they're doing, what is that, like early or mid-October? Mm-hmm. And I would like to think that that's going to build, God willing, to having that rubber match before Mania because I don't want to see it at WrestleMania. I wish they would just do it at Madison Square Garden. And that would be a good idea. And if they did that, I think that would almost build credence to why people should get the network, because you can see something like that only on the network. You can't even get that on pay-per-view. Yeah. But um, what was the other thing I was going to bring up? Oh, you mentioned uh, 2 Chains, just as we kind of wrap up here, that it was announced that there's going to be a six-man tag at Night of Champions. It's going to be the new formation of the Wyatt family with Braun Strowman versus Roman and Dean and then a partner of their choosing. The graphic was leaked out of Baron Corbin being the sixth guy in that match. And I hate that idea if that's true. And maybe they leaked that out just as kind of a, no pun intended, a catfish or a red herring or any other sea creature. (laughs) Um, Do you guys think that that just stinks if they were to go that route? Because I think that's stupid. It's terrible. It does stink, and I honestly, I think whoever lead that graphic is just trolling everybody. I do too. It would really make no logical sense for Baron Corbin to have that spot. Well, he's a heel, right? right exactly. And he's still doing oh, healer stuff on There's NXT. No way that could be possible. So, with that said, I don't think they put someone on the active roster because I don't think that that's surprising. It's just like, oh, they got Cesaro because he wasn't really in a meaningful thing right now, or. Oh, Randy Orton came back. Cool. We haven't seen Randy Orton before. Right. That and that's exactly what I think is going to happen. Do you think I they're going to bring Orton up? Let's let's just say that they're they're booking for fans to get excited about this. And let's say they hold off on announcing it until the pay per view. If they were to bring someone up from NXT, who do you think it should be? <laughs> See, my first thought um, was Samoa Joe. Not that he's all that exciting yeah but uh um, it would be fun though it would be fun and i thought samoa joe because honestly like he's not really doing all that much fascinating in nxt and so it seems like it they might as well just bring him up to the main roster and put him in this match um oh it works it works too because samoa joe and, Ro- and uh i'm about to say Rollins and ronnie rain don't they have family ties they don't they're act- he was asked this on a podcast he is in a separate uh samoan family but i mean they have that connection of their you know heritage or whatever so i could see that connection there my, michael were- cole will make us believe that they're really related oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure they like would i'm sure they would <laughs> 
What uh, what do you think, Salas? Who, if they're gonna bring someone up, who do you think it would be? Uh, Samoa Joe was actually a, a great idea. That I didn't even think about as I was thinking. There's another NXT call of oh, two people I thought of mine, and both of them coming off an injury. I was thinking if you want to pull the trigger of a Sami Zayn here, uh, that would be good if he's healthy, or Hideo Itami. Uh, that could be a good reason to pick them up because, of course, they're not doing anything on NXT. And I think by their veteranship, I think if you put them back on NXT, it would hurt them more than help them elevate them since you already got Kevin Owens up. Um, Finn yeah. Balor's doing his thing. So neither one of our heels that would challenge for his title. So I was like, you can bring one of those up. And I think Sami Zayn will fit well with the group that they have with Roman and, um, and Dean Ambrose as far as a great mega pop. Um, but Hideo Tommy could fit well here, too. Yeah, I, I don't he, I think it would be a Tommy more than Zayn out of those two, just because I think Sami Zayn's coming back after the New Year, and I yeah. agree with you completely. I think he needs to come back and feud with Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. I think that makes the best sense. That would be a great, that would be a great opening match too for the card. Mm-hmm. Only, only problem is the way they're going to book this match is whoever this third person is will be in ties with them for a while. So it has to also be somebody that um, is going to. Okay, at first it has to be. A face, mm-hmm. because out of this group, somebody's going to end up leaving, being a heel, which has already been, you know, rumored for a long time. So there's no reason to bring up two heels and leave one face. I think it's probably end up being a two faces and one heel. Um, and I, I, I and the two people that you name, I like for them to get their solo work in first before you start putting them in, in into another stable. Yeah. Let me ask this question, though. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off too, James. Uh-huh. Just like saying that, and maybe you can elaborate this. What's the chances do you think Seth comes here just for a Shield reunion for one match, you know, and Seth does three matches on this night? Still, just, still, still another, you do not want somebody to get involved that you cannot. Oh, look, Becky Lynch just favored my tweet. Yes, I did. I saw that yeah, watching yeah, yeah. here as it went live. Yes, it did. Yep. Okay, well, I'll just see y'all tomorrow. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think there's a 0% chance of that happening, as, as fun as that would be. I think they're going to hold off on the Shield reunion for a while still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think when you think about that, even though we're jumping around, this is way after Seth Rollins have, is undeclarated and somebody else, whoever it is somebody else is, maybe Finn Balor, whoever, is the one everybody's coming to see for a while. Right. Um, because, it, it, first of all, they all have to be faces. So this is this is why this is going to be so a while from now because you know you're already thinking about one between Ambrose and Reigns one of them has to turn heel, mm-hmm. um, and you know you they also want to uh, bring Reigns up to uh, of, of course challenge for the title, and you know with uh, Seth Rollins still being one of the main guys for the title, you know you. You can't have them being buddy buddy if they're against each other, you know. Right. So I, I there's, there's a lot to do with them, and creative probably have no idea. They're probably sitting there trying to figure out how to draw blue with full red crayons. So it's gonna be a while before it actually something makes sense out of that. I think. But I, to yeah. be honest, I really just do not know. Like the scary thing is, whoever this third person is, they will be bound to them for a while unless it's Randy Orton. Randy Orton is the only person that they keep putting in these stables, and he's like, I'm still a solo guy. Yeah. <laughs> I think whoever they bring in, it can't be, it's got to be a good third person because, like, Roman Reigns walks such a fine line between having the crowd on his side. And, you, like, where we predicted on the last episode, 
on the football one, the three of us that did that one, that it's going to be Roman Cena Mania for the title. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you're going to do that face-face, like, I think they want to keep Roman face. they got to... <laughs> They gotta do something that's gonna get a good reaction here. And you mentioned Finn Balor. I think they could get away with that, and maybe not necessarily keep him tied to Roman and Dean, but maybe have that association of like some beef between him and Bray Wyatt moving forward. I think that could be a nice little piece for WrestleMania season if they wanted to go back to that. And you know that we've seen in the past, they're not afraid of bringing people with NXT titles up to dabble in the main roster while doing NXT feuds separately. So, I think they could get over with both. That's if they're going to bring someone up. Finn Balor is one of the only ones I think would get a really great reaction from the crowd. I mean, oh, you know what? What's uh, what's Daniel Bryan doing lately? Is he still injured? I, I think, think they're going to clear him. I, no, I think he. You know. That One would be thing fun. About people like Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn or Hideo Tommy is that when they get hurt, you know, but when they get cleared, you don't. No, that's yes. true. That's and I true. Think I think, and I think somebody like Christian, who's cleared, who they just don't know what to do with, obviously. And I think Sami Zayn's not clear, but I think Hideo Tommy might be cleared. Mm-hmm. And I think they're just waiting to put pull the pieces into the puzzle. Daniel Bryan is a really interesting. Um, argument for this third person it's a good idea i think i think that works i also even think bootista could even work <laughs> at this point because god knows they need him to be sprinkled in babyface dust for the crowd to like him and ronan reigns <laughs> is the only person that could do that babyface dust that's awesome he coin that term hashtag babyface dust because <laughs> he needs it bad wow so and, you know, you look at his body and Roman Reigns' body, he didn't want to build these guys like the superheroes. So why not, you know? Hey, stranger things have happened, man. And he does really good in, in uh, he does really good in, uh, stables of three, mm-hmm. as you, as we all know. So, yep. who knows? Well, that was, a that was a lot of fun fantasy booking we just did there. I think, um. I, I got one more fantasy booking match, though. Great. I got, all right, here's my fantasy booking. By the time Mania 32 comes... Two chains and D Wayne are both going to get engaged to their catfishes, and by that same time, Doctor M is going to marry a diva. That's what oh, I think is going to wow. happen. <laughs> well, I guess uh, uh, early congratulations to all of you. That's a lot to celebrate <laughs> when we go to Dallas, man. Uh, um, well, hey, be- before we go, because I, I I know when you get ready to start the sweet chair music. Um, <laughs> Somebody, somebody apparently, uh, somebody apparently retweeted this picture of Amanda. What? What is up with that? Yeah, she's in, she, I saw that she's in the Totus Divas crew. Yeah, what is yeah. up with that? She might be filming for later seasons of Total Divas. Oh, I come guess on! I her to be on Total Divas and not a wrestler, which is kind of hilarious to me because she can't go in the ring anyway. But See, I digress. See, that's the exact point why you are really spectacle about who you want to vote for. Why in the world do you want to get somebody that is completely content with being on Total Divas only? Mm-hmm. Well, she probably thinks she can go, oh, yeah, she can go like straight to actresses from but there. I get, I get, I get you. If I was, in, if I was in a predicament, I'd be like, okay, well, something's better than nothing. But why did I always get this hunch that this is what she wanted to do the whole time? And I guarantee she's going to be on there, and she's going to be the most raunchiest one of all of them. 
I I got I got nothing for you, man. I, I, I digress. I'm with you, Aaron. In the in the words of Flavor Flav, I ain't got nothing for you, man. <laughs> got nothing for you, man. Um Yeah, the I really I I get a little bit worried when I look at where the divas scene is now and all the great talents we have, and then you look coming up, we got potentially Amanda and you see Eva Marie on NXT every week, who I the rumor is now that they're eventually gonna have Bailey drop the title to her. Like, oh boy, it goes so this. Sad. I just I was hoping we were going to talk about this. I, I don't I don't really want to get into it. I just want to say that um, it's a sign of things that come. Not that Eva Marie hasn't gotten better, but oh god, gosh. Um, I, that, gonna, that just shocked me. That just hurt my heart. That if Bailey would drop the title to her, oh my god. Well, I'm just I'm more worried as a as a personal longtime friend of Doctor M. You know what he's going <laughs> to resort to as a coping mechanism moving forward, especially with. The amount of establishments that they have in Dallas, Texas. Um, if Eva, Eva Marie is a co-main eventer on WrestleMania, I don't. Oh I don't think he makes it back out of Texas after that. <laughs> can, can I tell you my biggest problem with this? Okay. From what the rumors are saying, they're gonna they're gonna have her uh, Eva to win because of the fact that she wants to prove all her credits wrong. Now listen to exactly what I'm saying. She's going, she wants to prove all her credits wrong. That for every time she got knocked down, she got lifted back up, and she finally overcame all her obstacles to win the belt. Who does this sound like? It sounds like Daniel Bryan, but she's that no uh, way more uh, surgically Diva. enhanced than him. Diva. Who does Diva. this sound like? Um, Don't think way too hard, but just think hard enough. Bailey. Exactly. Yeah, but Bailey is just so much more likable than her. But that's the thing. Where where in the world were you using your super creative motor to book something that we just seen? You think anybody's going to be fond of that? Well, not only that, why why not play to the strengths of the whole thing? Like, if she's so hated, make her a freaking heel, and she would be get way more. She get like X Pac heat. Oh yeah, that's all I'm saying, man. Like, oh, just okay. go, just go with it. Like, haven't we learned enough times by now that like if you don't go with what the crowd dictates? It can work out quite poorly for you. Yeah. I mean, WrestleMania 30 is all I really need to point at for that. Yeah. 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 Well, that's like I said, that's that's not good. Like, no. Yeah, face, come on now. And then you're gonna use the same gimmick that the person used to win the match to take it off of them. Yeah. I'm. You're not. You're not buying me on that at all. No, like, not at all, man. And it's it's especially with you know the smart mark crowd down there in NXT like. They're not gonna get her to be a babyface. Like even if you put her against Dana Brooke, I'll still cheer Dana Brooke, and I really dislike Dana Brooke as a heel. <laughs> yeah. But that's especially with her like white hair thing she got going on now. It's a great look. I absolutely love it. Um, I got I got to wrap up, fellas. I've got some ribs to slow roast, and I'm gonna be using oh, my nice. uh, my ODB hot sauce on those. So I got to get on that. But um, this has been the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for talking wrestling on your Labor Day, guys. This was fun. Absolutely. We'll promote it up so we can make sure the fans listen tonight. Have everybody, I guess we'll, we'll be watching Raw tonight. There's uh, the Stone Cold Podcast with Edge and Christian tonight. Oh, yeah. I got to watch that. You got Total Divas on Tuesday. You got NXT, ROH, and um, TNA if you're still watching that. I have not lately on Wednesday. But uh, I don't know. We'll get back with everybody again soon. Before long, we're, I guess next week we'll be previewing Night of Champions. So listeners can look forward to that. And I guess. 
we should probably take a second before we leave here and just thank all the great Twitter action we had this weekend between all the pictures that 2 Chains and I posted and just people interacting with us and following us. We just hit uh, 500 followers on Twitter, which is, you know, I, I think we were all excited as a milestone for our podcast. We just started, when did we start? Like late April, right May. before Extreme Rules? May, right in May. Yeah, and just, you know, we haven't been doing this that long. And to hit that mark already, that's a testament to... I think the fans being receptive and interacting with us, and we're just very thankful and appreciative of all that. Absolutely. Yeah, and then um, I think I my my next goal I want to set for us is let's hit a thousand by Christmas. I think we can do it. We can do it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And um, it was we had a lot of good interaction, like you were saying earlier, with with talent like Becky Litch, uh, Charlotte favorited something that I put up about Mickey James. ODB uh, Global Force Wrestling is following us now. Like that's kind of exciting. Um, you guys know China follows us. I don't know. If yeah, you ever heard yes. of that? I think yeah. that's fantastic. Somebody has to listen to her. <laughs> hey, oh, matter of fact, there was a we want China chat. Yes. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> In all seriousness, I think just based on the impact she made and, you know, holding the Intercontinental Championship as a woman, she deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't care. They've got people in the Hall of Fame that have done way worse things than what she's done. Oh, yeah. She needs to be. I'm just saying. And I'll say that. I'll say that for a long time to come because there was two people on that tape on the first one. And the other one's going to get in with Degeneration X and she might not. And that's a shame, in my opinion. That's all I'm saying. But uh, thank you to the fans for listening. And um, I think we hit over a thousand listens between the last couple episodes. So, you know, we're just excited that people listen to what we have to say. And we're very appreciative. And we will continue to put good content out for you guys. But this is going to wrap up our latest episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Make sure you go back and check out before the NFL season starts. We compared every NFL team to what wrestler that they are the most similar to. And then Two Chains and I did a way too early WrestleMania or not two James uh, Sellis and I did a way too early WrestleMania fantasy booking episode I'd like to do a nut one one a month until WrestleMania with you guys just tweaking our fantasy booking as we see what's going on in the storyline so maybe we can do another one of those after Night of Champions that sound good sounds good to me cool yeah, well, good to me. well I'm gonna go make some ribs you guys have a good night and fans we'll see you guys on the next episode take care